Hello, welcome to our podcast. Hi, it's Tim, and welcome to the podcast number eight. Hi, it's Jen, and welcome to our podcast, A Relationship Healing from Childhood Trauma. So, on today's podcast, we are going to be talking about the nervous system, Um, what it is, what it does, how it's affected um, us in our life about learning about it and how we learned about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And as Tim and I were discussing uh, briefly, you know, this podcast and, and how we were going to um, get into, you know, the message and what we were going to hmm. talk about the nervous system. Um, you know, Tim had brought up the fact that, you know, it would be important to talk about some terms and some terminology, yeah. you know, that we use a lot that we've been using a lot in the podcast and our prior episodes and that we are going to be continuing to use. And I thought that it was a really, really valid point because, you know, if we just start going like, head first into how to regulate the nervous system without really understanding it you know it would be really hard to to learn it it, and that's a great point because it we've we've grown so accustomed to talking to each other and where you know we've reversed ourselves in learning and understanding that we just use the terminology like it's free language but there are times when we first began if you would have said sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system (laughs) i would say no i don't like jumping out of planes the vagal vagus nerve yeah absolutely not (laughs) the break yeah pause. pause (laughs) <laughs> I have zero clue what any of that meant. Yeah. And it was listening to podcasts and reading and hearing, mm-hmm. you know, that I was able to, you know, get an, a greater understanding and then be able to imply it. So I think it's absolutely awesome to be able to express terminology. And I think really the big part that you just said is how we came to understand where it all came from in our healing journey physically. Very, very <laughs> so good point. So, Yon, yeah. you explain a little bit of that part. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I know that in um, a few of our podcasts, we've probably discussed my health and my health mm-hmm. condition. And, you know, a lot of the beginning part of our healing journey was centered around you know, me going to Tim and actually saying, will you do this with me? Will you try clean eating with me? You know, will you come to my doctors with me because they're not, they're not listening to me. You know, they're not, I don't feel like they're giving me the respect. And, um, you know, so that's kind of how it all started. And, um, it was a neurologist, my neurologist that actually brought the, um, parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system into our lives and what it was and then of course a lot of research yeah you know a lot of research and reading and understanding what it was what dysautonomia was i mean tim you could probably tell some stories about how many times people was disautonomic (laughs) (laughs) and we heard that over and over and over again and guys that was from the Doctors. Yeah. That was from the doctors that the we heard. The trained professionals. That was from the doctors we heard disorder what. So, um, you know, you don't get a lot of training in the dis, um, the dis, the, the autonomic system. Yeah, the and, dysfunction. In, in medical school. Um, you know, it's not very, it's, you know, it's not something that's taught in, in the wide range. Yeah. So when we went to my gynecologist, and that was a lot of the doctors, we were going to a lot of gynecologists for a bunch of years because I was having such severe women's symptoms. Yeah. And there was so many of them, and we were having to get second and third opinions, and then really 
just trying to find a doctor to even say what we should do. I was a very, very strange case at yeah. 39 years old where I was not shedding my lining, you know, yeah. my uterus. So I was in full-fledged menopause at 39, and they had checked me all year. And it was perplexing. It yeah. was perplexing. So we were seeing a lot of doctors, and a lot of them were gynecologists and, and uh, you know, uh, GYNs, and they were saying, what's... Disorder, disorder what? What's, what's dysautonomia? Because at that point I had been diagnosed with dysautonomia by my neurologist. So um, we were trying to put together the whole thing, you know, yeah. and, and Tim and I were trying to do this, not the doctors, because the doctors aren't going to work together. You know, when yeah. you have um, chronic medical conditions and a lot of times, and we know this from science-based backed reports, that a lot of people that grow up in chaotic childhoods end up with chronic health conditions and you know trying to put those pieces together now and for Tim and I we feel that we have a pretty good understanding of what happened to us in our story and and where we're at and what happened to me and our journey of going to all these doctors and learning about the nervous system and what dysautonomia is being diagnosed with it originally as a um you know, a physical condition and then being treated with tons of medication that yeah. just kept failing and, and, and really never made anything better, that just kept making everything worse. Um, and then deciding together to try to get to the cause, you know, the, yeah. root, the root cause of what I had going on, a very dysregulated nervous system. And then that kind of brought us to Dr. Nicola Perra. Yeah. Um, and, and plenty of others too, and plenty of research, plenty of our own findings, our own thinkings of trying to figure out, okay, now we understand that I have a dysregulated nervous system. Now we understand the medical part of it. Now we understand what a nervous system is. Yeah. Now we understand what mm-hmm. autonomic function and autonomic dis function is but how do we help it when no modern medicine was giving us any yeah. any help whatsoever if anything <clears throat> excuse me causing the actual opposite mm-hmm. you know when we first went and found out that you had postal orthostatic tachycardia syndrome was from the cardiologist oh great this is awesome it's a heart condition yes it's a heart condition but i can't help you you need to see a neurologist yeah. we got a neurologist and he said oh great that's wonderful you need to see a cardiologist wait what and then <laughs> yeah. to be put on the medication yeah. you know to so to speak regulate your blood pressure to the fact where you couldn't even raise your arms yeah. you know and it was the you know the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system how it altered and changed so a medication was a constant where the nervous system is not constant yeah. and it was like okay yeah how do we fix this yes it's called regulation exactly and you know coming to the understanding of how much when we first started learning was more on the physical aspect yeah but once again yeah. dr nicola pera and multiple others but he come into a realization that it's so much deeper Deeper than a physical yeah. it, it's the interdependency between the physical and the nervous system it's the, the mind emotional body. mind yeah. body and it's like wow the connection yeah. is just so great so we just want to start talking about that and um, understanding what a nervous system is yeah. and how important that really is because I don't think that we could have done you know a lot of this work um, without really having that under our yeah. belts, you know, the nervous system understanding under our belts. And then, of course, from there, you know, we started to learn the terminology, you know, the emotional terminology, and then having to get kind of present with that, 
and then having to label our own yeah. emotions into categories, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, man, that was great. Printing out that sheet and being able to come, number one, terminology as to mm-hmm. understanding the feelings and then to be able to put them into different categories gives you the ability to actually be able to work on them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a process here when it comes to regulation and regulating your nervous system, you know, and I think, you know, from what Tim and I had um, discussed and what we thought both thought was very important was that the understanding is, is, is number one yeah. in the process, you know, because getting through it and learning to regulate and that is something that we're going to touch on here but definitely probably do um maybe not next week we'll do the father wound but the week after where we'll do a more in-depth um podcast and understanding from our perspectives on how to regulate the nervous system and how we do that how we self-regulate and how we co-regulate which is a big huge one um but you know today we just really want to talk about um you know the nervous system itself what it is we all have one yeah yeah (laughs) we all have one um in our case you know we learned about the nervous system probably more much more than the average person was because i had neurological symptoms so severe that i was diagnosed with dysautonomia so um dysautonomia is a dysfunction of the autonomic system and it's an umbrella term for many disorders many chronic disorders that um you know that we suffer from i usually say you know to somebody when i meet them and talk about myself and they talk about their self and they tell me what their chronic disorder is i say oh that's a sister (laughs) syndrome of mine or you know that's under the same umbrella um because there are so many you know we have so many of these disorders now and we're seeing it more and more and and unfortunately with covid yeah, you know, which yeah. happened in this world way after Tim and I learned about the nervous system. But now we're having a ton of post-viral, you know, um, illnesses and a lot of them are coming yeah. to be neurological, which is um, dysfunction of your autonomic system. And I can just guess that, you know, this type of um, dysautonomia is going to be on the rise because yeah. of because of the post-viral from I say, you know, we as we say, we're talking about, you know, uh, terminology and giving out these things. You know, it's one of those things we we say sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system. You know, we'll we'll put it in in different terms so you can kind of get a little bit of an understanding of that. It's that like fight or flight. Mm -hmm. You know, your system, whether it be physical, nervous, okay, you you either turn something on or you turn something off. You know, you eat something and your body automatically goes to a digestive tract where now your um, bile secretion is being turned on so you can digest the food and insulin gets produced Mm -hmm. so that your metabolism can stay the same. And now this is where the, the important part comes in and this is where we started off learning about the physical aspect but then coming to the realization of how intermingled everything is because your emotional, your mental state of mind relies so much upon hormones and endorphins and yeah. you know we had talked in earlier episodes about cortisol being dumped you know these are all things that your body turns on and off with the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system so in turn your body actually physically works on something or or it shuts down so that it can you know pass through but then on the emotional on the mental state your body gets into a fight or flight mode yeah. Um, and these, this is another aspect where I'm going to tackle this and I'm going to go on to it or 
I'm getting the heck out of here because <laughs> I'm too afraid. Yeah. And then there is that third response to freeze. The freeze. Yeah. Which, you know, I have had immensely so many times because you don't know what to do. You want to fight but you don't have the wherewithal or the ability to, but you don't want to run. Yeah. So it's just so you, you just shut face. down. Yeah, shut down. And I have definitely experienced shutdown at different times in my life. So I think I talked about the time that I lost my ability to really speak. Yeah. You know, just a total overload. Um, so one of the things that I was thinking as I was listening to you speak that I thought was important um, in our journey and very, very much specifically in my journey is after we got this diagnosis of dysautonomia and learning what that was and learning about the nervous system, um, before we were delving into the emotional aspect, of course, we were both in therapy, um, at that time. So we were able to verbalize that with the therapist and stuff, but, um, you know, coming to the terms of not being able to be treated by the neurologist or the cardiologist with medicine and then the neurologist saying to me that it's a matter of acceptance you know acceptance because i was having so many problems and they just didn't seem to be getting better at all and it was really hard and then i think i was spending a lot of time thinking that i you know spending my time trying to find a fix yeah and there was a lot of depression involved when everything i tried no matter how healthy i got no matter I mean, no bad stuff going into my body at all. Now yeah. I'm a full-fledged, organic, you know, vegetarian slash mostly vegan person who is just putting in all good things, no chemicals, no medication, and I'm still suffering, and I'm still falling all the time, yeah. and I'm still yeah. having such a hard time getting out of bed. I'm still having all of this dysfunction, major, major dysfunction from, from my body in all sorts of areas. So it was really frustrating. It was really depressing, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, but the one doctor that I went to, funny enough, is like a, do you remember Dr. Hanka? He was like a, pedi- he is a pediatric. Yeah. Um, an allergist. Allergist. But from <laughs> speaking to all the doctors that we were going to, we found this one doctor that said, I know this guy who's so obsessed with mast cells. Yeah. And I was having such bad reactions constantly 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 i had to you know we had to carry an EpiPen everywhere i was having my tongue was blowing up and mm-hmm. i was having all sorts of skin reactions and we couldn't figure out what was going on but i was constantly reacting and you know they couldn't find out exactly what i was reacting to there was no obvious allergies so this was definitely a mast cell issue where my body was just having this dysfunction right these yeah. dysfunction reactions so we ended up meeting this pediatric allergist and waiting in the little kitty waiting room (laughs) and he ended up being such a godsend because he told he was the beginning of turning my story around with my health um and i often refer back to so many things that he said to me um you know, and we were kind of teaching him a little bit about my journey and about what POTS, what he knew a little bit, but he was really more, you know, like the pediatric allergist who really dabbled in the mast cell, but he had such an interest in it. So he ran so many tests on me and we did find out quite a few interesting, really interesting things. And, you know, one of the things that he had said to us, you know, the first visit, and we've been to him quite a few times is, you know, the best thing I can tell you is to keep your nervous system from getting overstimulated. Do you remember this first visit with him? I remember. And he called the cells wonky. Wonky. (laughs) 
He's right. Yes, wonky and Doctor Honka wonky. And yeah. so these wonky cells that were always getting overstimulated, um, I was having these massive reactions all the time. And the other thing I was thinking about when you were speaking is um, the adrenaline response yeah. that I get. So yes. we all have adrenaline. Yeah. So for <clears> me, <throat> the way that the physical and the mental kind of collided was because of all the stimulation in yeah. life, all the stressors, all yeah. the emotional stressors. And the fact that I was, you know, different smells. Yeah. Um, this was prior to us getting rid of all the chemicals. So, so all of these things that, you know, were coming at me were really causing such such reactions in me all the time, just walking into a store. Yeah. So yeah. the first time that I actually lost consciousness was in the middle of a food store. And it was in the aisle where there was, it was like the, there was so much smells, like the yeah. health and beauty aisle, right? So and there was so much lights going on and so many people. And I actually just, I yeah. just lost consciousness and I went down. So being overstimulated was really definitely something that stood out. Yeah. So we, you know, we saw this doctor, he said, really work on, on the overstimulation. So really keep all of your, you know, your, um, your body, to, your senses, your senses. There you go. That's the word. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. You're welcome. Um, from getting overstimulated, so we really started focusing on that. Then. Yeah. Do you remember? I remember because it was clear to me where you know because I'm so to speak like that mathematician aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and of course I'm a man, so I got to fix it. You yeah. know, so yeah. it's like I would pay so much attention to everything that you did. Yeah. To say, okay, we did the same exact things today that we did last week, but yeah. this time yeah. there was was a nervous system reaction and why? why and it's it's the fact that physically mm-hmm. pen and paper everything was the same but it's like you know spock in in star trek i rule out the emotional component yeah oh my god your senses were overloaded and which it, created yeah. the cells to be wonky yeah. and it could you know the thing the thing about it is it could even be just like uh I w- i'm very prone to nightmares because i have cp PTSD, you know, complex post-traumatic stress disorder from my childhood. So, you know, the nightmares were even causing me to be overstimulated. So, so this was definitely something good that we could figure out a way to treat me. And ultimately it did make the biggest difference, you know, um, and initially we started on an antihistamine, um, medicine regimen and that was very helpful i think it was extremely helpful for a long time but then after a while i needed more and more and then it caused me to kind of have sometimes these adverse reactions with the benadryl anybody that's ever taken benadryl might know um so then we still we had to kind of delve in deeper and deeper and really think more and more how can we keep my nervous system from being overstimulated so we made some hard choices you know i think at that point already we had given up tv so that was great yeah um, but then at, at some point, you know, after that, I gave up Facebook and that was a big, <laughs> huge help. And I know you're going to think, what are you talking about? What does Facebook have anything to do with it? But I don't think people realize the amount of information that's coming at us. Yeah. And we might not realize that there's a thousand tabs open in our brain, but there is. And if you have a ton of information constantly coming at you you're inciting all of those tabs and you're inciting all of that you know where it could be triggering to something that you're not even thinking about um so as soon as we really started to pay attention to you know trying to keep my senses from getting overloaded we saw a big difference absolutely yeah we saw the biggest difference in me 
um, moving forward. And it's not to say that it solved everything. Yeah. But it definitely solved a lot. It's, it's another piece to the puzzle that we were able to make it as smooth as possible. You know, we had talked about in, in our podcast in regards to food that we tried to get rid of as much as the processed food. Because once again, you're throwing a lot onto your body physically that now your body has to work to break that down. And what you don't realize is all of that pertains to your system and the the fight or flight of your body so it's external it's internal but as soon as we recognized and we paid attention to it keeping an eye on the lighting keeping Mm -hmm. an eye on the smells the sounds we could see that there was a drastic change in your system definitely and then let's delve in a little bit deeper now and talk about the emotional aspect Uh and the adrenaline response Uh so A lot of times when I would get worked up, you know, um, the adrenaline would dump and would cause me to have a heart reaction. So that would be like where I could, you know, my heart would get extremely tachycardic, that adrenaline would dump in and that would cause me to have this blood pressure dysregulation and this heart rate dysregulation. And, um, and that's direct, that was being directly affected by my emotions and not having a good understanding of how to stay calm yeah you know yeah and it it comes to the part that we you know we really need to make sure that we stress we we live in a world and an environment that you you, we don't want to live in a bubble we want to be able to experience and see so a lot of it comes along and this is where it is a very in-depth aspect you know keeping that sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system you know in check and calm yes we can do certain aspects but you want to sometimes adrenaline is going to be dumped because Mm -hmm. somebody cuts you off or somebody jumps in front of you you know and so i'll go back to our driving we we do a lot of road tripping we've done a lot of miles on the road and i you remember it when i would originally start driving that certain times would happen where your nervous system would get impacted because you know your your hands aren't on the wheel you don't have the control and something would affect you and it would be a good amount of time later on that it would still impact you but it was you dealing with your nervous system and your coping skills Mm -hmm. to be able to say okay that was pretty tough yes but you want to we're gonna breathe through this we're gonna focus and now i'm back again yeah and you know it's that those coping skills to be able to work through definitely the dumping of of adrenaline and listen we're all gonna go Life is going to have suffering in it and the cortisol is going to get dumped, but it's the managing through those time periods to be able to totally, to work through. totally. So definitely working on <clears throat> understanding your own self and, you know, how to, let's just use the word regulate, regulate your yeah. system, right? So yeah. it is a matter of understanding that you have a nervous system, what the nervous system does you know, in your body, how important it is, and then just becoming aware and curious about it. And then, you know, getting present with self so that you can learn yourself and how your nervous system works. So in my particular case, I had a very, very overreactive, non-functioning nervous system, which was, you know, dysregulated all the time. And it was causing me to have such symptoms all the time so by me learning about it and by me learning 
how to dial it back and how to, you know, kind of make friends with my nervous system, yeah, right? Yeah. It made a big difference. So then by the time this happens with the physical, and now I'm able to get an understanding of that where I'm not spending all my time trying to figure out what's wrong with me and how do I make this better? You know, the acceptance of understanding what was going on, not feeling like I was going to die every day, which is horrible yeah, when you have yeah. this type of tachycardia where it's just your heart's beating out of your chest and... You know, it was originally diagnosed as a panic anxiety disorder when I was in my 20s. And then, of course, much later on, realized that this was actually a a heart condition that was a dysfunction yeah. of the autonomic system. So um, once I understood that and that I wasn't going to die and that it, and I stopped blaming myself. Yeah. So that type of validation took me to the next level where I, I wanted to get to the root. And now my root in particular was me not dealing with my life and my yeah. And my stuff, you know, my childhood trauma. Um, and then it was a lot of years of, you know, tears and loneliness and kind of having to take a break from everybody in my life and everything in my life, having to take a huge step away from my family um, so that I could get my, my grounding, you yeah. know, and, um, and really get in touch with who I was because I was so layered upon layered upon layered upon layered of trauma and compounding trauma that I kind of lost the ability to be in touch with myself and who I really was there was tiny glimpses and feelings inside I knew I loved nature I knew I loved butterflies I knew I was creative I knew I loved being outside I knew I loved flowers and gardening but you know there was definitely you know a lost feeling yeah you know, yeah. who I really was. So um, dealing with all this emotional, you know, trauma, kind of revisiting, you know, my childhood and um, how I got to where I was, was the hard work, Yeah, you know, to really um, regulate my nervous system. So all these triggers that were causing me to feel so sad or so overwhelmed or so shut let's shut down yeah. right you know where yeah. we're just or avoiding you yeah. know these things need to be dealt with in a process so that you can get steady in yourself and you can feel regulated and that for me the biggest part of being able to you know do that was so that i could stop compounding my trauma so yeah. i don't, I don't yeah. know how you feel about that no, I, me, that was the biggest one because i'm like okay if i just keep going if i keep using the same thinking i know where i'm gonna get yeah the same place i am now which is just constantly compounding the trauma so it felt good to get to a point where I could trust myself enough to say, okay, I understand what's going on here. Yeah. I can regulate right now so I don't say something that I don't mean and compound my trauma so that I don't, you know, say push you away. Yeah, yeah. Avoid, you know, cause pain to myself or somebody yeah. else that comes, you know, to my table. Um, so with the lessening of the compounding trauma, I was able to focus more on um, the healing, you know, you know I, um, I hear everything that you're saying and man, it just, it just hits home. You know, the fact of presence, getting present with self, getting present with your feelings and really being able to be in tune and in touch with what's going on gives you the ability. And, and, you know, for me, mine was a disassociation. I ran from it. Like I had said in an earlier podcast, you know, with me, I disassociated from a bad situation, but it knocked everything else out around it. And it is that part that you, 
you you need all your senses to be able to see all the the beautiful bright vibrant colors and also some of the dark you know without the without the light we don't have darkness without the sadness we don't have we don't understand happiness and it is that part for me i disassociated from everything so i didn't really truly feel so in turn leading up to my breakdown and having you know all this rage and anger come out of me because i was not in tune with all the feelings and emotions and well, let me just disassociate i don't need these yeah. feelings Stuffing they get some everything yeah. so and you stuff the good the bad and all in between yeah and it just it just makes for yeah. a bad bad outcome yeah where the pain and the suffering only have one way out yeah and it's either physical or mental Neither one of them turn out to be good, whether you have a heart attack, whether you have an ulcer, whether you have some type of, you know, physical ailment that is, is caused by it, or you have a, it's a mental energy, breakdown. It's right? It's yeah. going to come out somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that is, is a good point of, you know, to stop right there and to say, this is why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. You know, to try to share what we have learned in our journey. And it's been painstaking and yeah. it hasn't been all fun and games i mean we've made a really good life of it definitely and that's you know the wonderful part um and we make a great team and you know we are doing the work but a lot of it's been been pretty hardcore but we're sharing what we've learned and we're sharing our stories so that we can try to help other people you know i think it is that you know it's it's that relationship and healing childhood trauma you know without having the the support and the unconditional love and the understanding so like let's take a look at the beginning when we were driving and you know i i i somebody cut me off and you you let out this scream mm. and it was so much yeah i'm driving my hands are on the wheel and it completely catches me off guard yes, yes. i have multiple ways of reacting yeah. Yeah. to this yep. and i have multiple ways of responding to yeah. this so if you remember it started off with me apologizing <laughs> For the car cutting us off. We got to get into that at some point. It's the like over apologizing. It's like, oh my yeah. God. But you, you just know, did that like last week. Well, yes, I know. <laughs> I'm working on it though. Once again, this is a relationship in healing, not healed. We're go. working on there it. You go. I love it. <laughs> at least I'm not apologizing to the mannequins that I bump into That's anymore. True. So That's I'm true. making progress. I haven't progress. seen that in a couple of years. So. But it is that, you know, you know, there's so many other terminologies, you know, codependency and people pleasing and fawning and cloning you know there's so many relationship aspects that go hand in hand with our nervous system and this is this is that part where you know and and i just had group this morning and one of the things that came up um was talking about acceptance you know we struggle so hard in life sometimes looking for the acceptance of others you know to in to a degree to regulate our nervous system you know to be accepted to be loved to be you know where so many of the times we overlook that most important person that we are trying to get acceptance from and that is self 
Definitely. We just overlook that aspect and we don't, I'm not saying that we need to please ourselves in a way of hooray for me and to hell with everybody else. It's the fact that we need to recognize that our own self needs to be taken care of so that we can be there for others. Like we had talked about the mask in a plane when it drops down. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to these things that we're taught and there's a lot of reasons behind it and I think that's a huge point. If we're not taking care of ourself, if we're not regulating our own self we cannot be a benefit to to somebody else so in this case where you know you had brought up about you know the reactions in the car and how I had these reactions you know I had some very bad car accidents in my life I had so much drama and so much PTSD Um, Mm. so instead of you having that negative reaction, you, you know, of course, after you, you apologized (laughs) constantly, but we started to get to the nitty gritty and this is where we have been using our relationship to heal. And this is our biggest message using our relationship to heal. Tim would get curious with me and say, what do you think this is and what's going on? And then I was open and vulnerable and explaining that I have these unrealistic feelings of not being safe because of these traumas so the more tim would listen to me and validate and understand the safer i would feel and we've come a long way it's not gone no but it's definitely a thousand times better right so this can be used in every place in your life to help yourself regulate your nervous system so every time this was happening and i was completely dysregulating you know, this was causing me to be exhausted all the time. All my energy was always being used up in these really dysregulated places that I was constantly being triggered and I was constantly being, you know, put yeah. into these overstimulated places, yeah. right? Which, which is where I was my entire childhood. Yeah. I don't remember one moment of my childhood not being in that dysregulated state, over, you know, just overwhelmed tons of anxiety crushing debilitating anxiety and that was it 24 7 so this is what led me to you know being extremely over you know stressed and chronically ill from a very young age um so the healing part comes in regulating your nervous system so if you you know if you can do it yourself you can find your part you know a partner you know and i remember um pretty recently somebody had asked me um you know i want i want what you have and i know that's been said to me quite a few times over the years but this was very specific like how do you get that you know how do you get your partner to do that with you and and my statement was was pretty simple i think that you know you have to start by asking yeah you know i mean that is the one thing that you know i did and it took me a little bit when tim and i first got together because i couldn't right away right we had to feel comfortable with each other but at some point i just said are you willing to try this with me are you willing like right when i was sick all the time and said are you willing to try clean eating you know are you willing to take this journey with me tim yeah. into healing and to listen to me and to um, to help me regulate my nervous system. And you were willing. Yeah, And absolutely. that's what leads us to this place. So I think, you know, just to answer that person's question and maybe anybody else that's out there that's saying, how are they doing that? And how can I find a partner to do that with me and, and to do all this healing work? Like that's, that's something that I, I, I resonate with and I want to do. Ask your partner. Yeah. 
Ask your partner. Yeah. You you have to be vulnerable. I yeah. I didn't think that that Tim was going to be so understanding to everything that I had going on, and and yet I was I was wrong. You know, yeah. you you were so willing to show up, and then what ended up happening is you got so much out of it that you and your in turn and yourself ended up inspiring yourself to want to yeah. heal some of the stuff that you had yeah. going on, right? And like we had talked about, slowly yourself opening up and. Absolutely. You know, and, it, you know, once again, coming to this, coming to this podcast, you know, the fact of opening up of, of who I am and, and what I'm about, you know, if it wasn't for those times of listening and hearing what you had to say, and then, wow, I could do that. Yeah. That could help me. Yeah. And then putting in that, that energy and that effort to say, you want one? I could really use some help too. Yeah. And that's that, that really just makes such a, a big difference, you know, to be able to say, wow, it's not just about everybody else. Mm. I deserve it too. Yes. You know? Definitely. And, and it, it's that part of saying, yes, I want to be helpful and I want to be beneficial. Yeah. Never realizing that, you know, I, I could use the help too. Yeah, so receiving is just yeah. as important as giving. You know, it's that Definitely. masculine aspect that my purpose, I'm here to help and make things better and to fix. But in the same exact breath, I need to be fixed as well. Yeah. And I need to be understood, which, you know, you had opened, we, we talked about my breakdown and how much of an impact it was upon you. Yeah. And you opened up. You showed up. And you were there, you know, I, I, we read it this morning and it's one of those things that just really, it, I, I read it and I see it. It's the, you know, the, the Gottman Institute yeah. you know, phrase. Yeah. And it is something that, you know, to, to be, you know, an active part of a relationship, it, it does go about both ways. It's a give and take. It's a mm -hmm. hearing and it's a talking. It's a listening and speaking. And it's one of the greatest gifts of a relationship is the ability to see the world through the eyes of another person intimately, deeply, profoundly, in a way we're almost never able to do with another human being. And this just really hits home. You know, yeah. we talked early, earlier, you know, while we were having breakfast about, um, about compassion for other people. Yeah. Yes, it's definitely a relationship goal to be like that. Yeah. But it's got to start somewhere. And yeah. it's really if you take it away from yourself, you know, and, and it's a fine line of being able to be inside of self, but also to take a peek from other people's perspectives. See what other people are thinking. You know, your sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system goes on two different sides as to, you know, turning things on, turning things off, feeling things, not feeling things. These are all aspects internally that's what you have going on everybody's an individual yeah. what you dealt with in your earlier years mm -hmm. the car accidents the traumas your nervous system was at heightened level yeah. and I would have never been able to understand that or respect that if I didn't stop take a deep breath and look at it from your perspective. Mm, so true, so true. And that's definitely part of the process. Yeah. And so healing. Yeah. So, you know, learning about the nervous system, learning about all of the dysfunction of my nervous system, it was yes. a lot, but it yeah. was good and it was healing. But actually, 
actually feeling understood mm. and cared for by you was yeah. what really did it for me in the healing department. Yeah. It really did. I was able to let go of so much because I think a lot of my life in my brain, it was like I was constantly trying to prove mm. yeah. myself and what I was yeah. going through because I knew it wasn't right. I knew there was something wrong constantly. Yeah. There was something wrong, right? But I wasn't in environments that were... Um, that were nurturing or compassionate. I was in the opposite. Yeah. So I was always being put down, you know, sure. and being blamed and, you know, this isn't true and, you know, all sorts of things and lazy and you're not sick and, you know what yeah. I mean, or snap out of it, you know. Yeah. Um, so the compassion that was coming from you after learning about, you know, what was going on with me and, you know, just to be totally, you know, fair and transparent, it was the originally the medical doctors that gave me these, the, you know, that it was the proof was in the pudding, the proof was yeah. in the tests, you know, yeah. all of these tests that were yeah. showing and proving that there was a reason why I wasn't feeling good. And so that was validating to see that. But sometimes people don't always get that. And yeah. there still is such a dysfunction in the, in the regular, you know, the, in your nervous system. And. You know, that is when you really have to delve deep into the emotional aspect of it. You know, it definitely goes hand in hand, but there's going to be a root. Yeah. There's going to be a root cause. And for, I would say, the majority of us, it is the um, the experiences that we had growing up. You know, the experiences, the missed opportunities to, um, you know, teach that little child the right way to deal with life yeah. the right way to regulate you know and understand our responses and you know what we're doing that's causing us to just further dysregulate um so maybe maybe this would be a good time for you tim if you want to start talking about some of the terminology and like what it yeah. means to you because i know you had expressed how important you thought that was and i totally agreed with you yeah you know it was funny because as i was listening to you you know i was thinking about me growing up and you know the environment that i was in and you know of course we're going to get into the father wound next week which you know you know, um, I'm kind of excited about, but it is it is that part of you know what we grew up in. You know, kind of sets the groundwork for where we are as we get older. You know, not having that security, not feeling safe. You know, but then it also creates these you know these um, relationship aspects. You know, for me, I was always searching for acceptance. So in turn, I was a great people pleaser. Yes, so and, term number one. Yeah, so you know, it's that are. aspect of taking a look at a situation and before you walk away, you want to make sure that everybody else around you is happy. When it gets to the unhealthy part is you take yourself completely out of the equation. Yeah. And all you care about, no matter what happens to you physically, emotionally, financially, as long as everybody else around you is happy. Yeah. And that people-pleasing can get very detrimental to self. Yeah, and I think what we could do is we can start out by saying that people-pleasing would be a term underneath codependency. Yeah. So yeah. codependency would now be like that umbrella. Yes. Like yeah. dysautonomia yeah. is yes. in the physical sense. So in the emotional sense, we're going to use codependency yeah. as the umbrella term. And people-pleasing would be under that umbrella. And then there's plenty more. Do you want to keep going? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, I'll get into the one that, you know, I found myself, you know, it, it came out during the breakdown was the cloning. 
cloning. You know, where, cloning. you know, in the Not accept- talked about enough in my no, opinion. No, no. And I don't even think it's recognized. Listen, we're not talking about the, the ram or the sheep that they were cloning. You know, <laughs> dolly. The dolly, right? Yeah. You know, it, it's that part of here we are now. It gets to the degree of the people pleasing so much that when you get into any type of a closer relationship, you find yourself following what the other people are doing just because of the fact that that's what they're doing. And so, you don't have enough strength in self, Yeah, right? to stand on your own two yeah. feet, so When to speak. you were speaking, I was thinking something. Even though we don't hear the word cloning as much, don't you think it would relate a little bit to... You know, like when you when you say you put a mask on for each person, yeah, right? Yeah, like there's some type of you know, as you know, the statement goes, "When in Rome, do what the Romans do." Yeah, you know, because you're putting on your mask to fit into the crowd yeah. that you're with. So I with. think that might be a little bit more of an understandable yeah. term. But we say I like that. Calling, that's that's, that's great. People, I think, would understand it more. It's like you know, you're you're putting on or you're putting on a different hat for yeah. each person you're around, right? So a lot of times we see that in families. So. So that would be another term underneath that codependency umbrella. Yeah. And then, you know, the other one that we, we'll go into is that fawning. This is a huge one yeah. for me. Fawning yeah. is so huge and so triggering, even that word. And I would love it to just be that cute little deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the little spots and the bright orange skin. little hair. Fawn. Yeah, no. Um, you know, but fawning is something that I was like, I would, I could say addicted to. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was so... And I was going to use the word enmeshed, but that's another term. Oh, yeah, we'll get, yeah, term. That's a, yeah. We'll get to I that one in a minute. So, um, I was so much a fawner that I didn't even understand I was fawning. Yeah. It became such a part of me. Um, my entire marriage was pretty much, my entire marriage prior to us, my, you know, my high school marriage, um, was about fawning. Yeah, you know, and it when it was just so sad because I think back now and I'm like I could I, I was a shadow of really the woman. Do you want to give I a am. brief explanation as to the actual fawning process? Well, fawning is when you can't stand strong in self. So this other person, you know, comes to you and blah, 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 you know, and you just, you fawn. You fall back and you just, you know, kind of go into that people pleasing or, you know, you fawn. You promise, okay, yes, you're right, you know. Um, Even though your beliefs and your thoughts and your understandings might be different, exactly, it's still the fact that you are not strong you're not in strong self in and you're self. not strong in your conviction. Yeah, and then you just follow suit to you whatever that suit. person, or you take you know responsibility and fall under there completely. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's hideous. It's miserable just thinking about it, but. Um, the good thing is if any of this resonates, there's hope because you yeah. can recover from these things. You can recover from being a people pleaser. You can recover from being a codependent. That's the umbrella term. You can recover from um, fawning. Yeah. You, know, you can recover you know, from cloning. And one thing that I, you know, I want to I wanna get into is you, know, you use the, the phrase enmeshment. Enmeshment, you know, And this yeah. is something that... You know, what I I did not, you know, these are all terminologies that I had zero, you know, in cl- clue about what, what they were or what they meant, let alone how I was living them every single day. Yeah. You know, um, so my people pleasing, which is, you know, underneath the codependent aspect, mm-hmm. turned into an enmeshment where it is that blurriness, you yeah. know, like. 
Well, we Where joked one around. one person star, we, the other we, person We ends. joked around our relationship was so strong. We had talked about kidding around. This wasn't serious. It's not like we went to a doctor and asked or anything like that there. But we were talking about sewing our bodies together because we <laughs> were so close and we were so in touch with each other. And, you know, but it, it is that aspect where you get so enmeshed. Enmeshed. Where you don't realize where your person your personality, your being ends and the next person's begin. Yeah. And, it, and it can be very detrimental to both people involved, you know, especially when, you know, you're both in that, that cloning or that, that, you know, people pleasing aspect because you need to have strength in self, yeah. That acceptance of Total. self. So individuality is yes. important. So desire needs a bridge, oh, right? Oh boy, yes. Yeah. So codependency is something that I think I always knew that word, but I didn't really fully understand the depths of it until your breakdown. Yeah. And I found myself so lost because of what you were going through. You didn't have enough and you couldn't be there for me in those times. And I was so lost like like a little tiny child yeah and i felt like a tiny child i felt helpless but that wasn't true yeah but that's how i felt so that's when i started to understand how bad our relationship had become codependent yeah how dependent i was on you for survival it was almost as if you were helping me breathe yeah. So this was an extreme codependency that we didn't even realize that we had, you know, fallen into this this codependent trap, which codependency is all around us. I yeah. would say probably almost every single human being has some type of codependency yeah. where, you know, codependency is the root in almost everything in addictions and um you know, so this part of recovering from codependency and getting strength in self is so hugely important. Think yeah. about what we were talking about, the nervous system and the overstimulation. Think about how hard it is for just one single person to have a good working relationship with their own nervous system. And now think about what codependency does to it. Yeah. And the constant overstimulation of your nervous system when you are so dependent on everybody else around you's nervous system so such a big part of regulating your nervous system would be to get an understanding of what codependency is yeah and really just holding yourself responsible and accountable for your own self your own thoughts your own behaviors and understanding what that means yeah yeah. And then dancing and commingling with other people, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> and uh, not being responsible for their feelings uh, or their, you know, or, or taking the responsibility on for yourself. Yeah, it goes both ways. Right? Oh man, so true. Yeah. Yes, and and that is that that key aspect of looking. I think you, you you said the word earlier, and it really means so much. Being present, being present in self. If you're not in tune with who you are and paying attention to what's going on in self, you it's very hard for you to get sturdy on your own two feet. Yeah. To really know who you are, what you're about, what you want in life. And this is going back to the, the relationship. Ask the hard questions to do the work. Ask the hard questions. It starts with yourself. 
Always starts with yourself. Ask the hard questions of yourself. Always. It's so in, intense and it's so hard. Most people want to shy away from it, me included. Mm-hmm. I disassociated because I didn't want to ask the hard questions. I didn't want to get into the depth what of things. What is like one of the hardest things as a human is to look yourself in the mirror. Oh, this boy. is why everybody's so full of advice and judgment. Yeah. This is why we live in such a judgmental society, right? Because it's so much easier to just start throwing judgments out there. Oh, look at them. They're doing the wrong thing oh how could they do that how could this one do that i want to get as far away from that as i can because it is so unhealthy it is so toxic and all you're doing is just taking the focus off of dealing with your own crap yeah you know which is what we should all be doing to make the world a better place so yeah that change it starts in the mirror it totally does and it's just not an easy pill to swallow i mean it's not nothing that we're talking about is easy no no so if you want an easy peasy life please turn this podcast off go get the rosy colored glasses and you know i don't know maybe go to the local bar no don't do that don't do that um just saying, this this podcast is about healing. This podcast is about truth and authenticity. Yeah. This podcast is about um, really facing yourself, facing your past, facing your compounding traumas with compassion, with yeah. love, with support, and really giving the understanding that you can find a partner out there to share your life with that will see you and validate you for who you truly are if that is what you want if that is what you want you can find it we have found it in each other i think you know part of it and this is where you and i and i and i'm you know the work that we're doing right now is so tremendous because of the fact that we didn't do the work prior to yeah. And this is where it's important. If I would have known half the stuff that I know now prior to, yeah. there would have been, you know, a whole different thought process. But you want to what everybody's journey is their journey. And yeah. for whatever reason, there's a purpose to it. And, you know, whichever way it goes, there is a purpose to everybody's journey. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's like, oh, this really sucks. But it's that fact of getting to know who you are and what you're about and what you're willing to do. It's so much easier to find a partner, a relationship, a significant other, whatever, to build any relationship. It is so important to be able to know who you are and what you're about and where you stand so that you're going to be more accepting and more inviting of what you need and what is the perfect relationship for you where you can pull in exactly what you're searching for what your body needs what your mind needs because you've done the hard work yeah i was thinking as you were speaking core values oh yeah you know when we first met you know and we were discussing in a pretty rational way if we should try to have a relationship together we both really liked each other's company we both felt a lot of peace around each other we were discussing this but at the same time we were like this is gonna be hard this is gonna be hard this is not gonna be easy i was just coming out of a very tumultuous marriage and you know recently separated and you were a single father for many years but hadn't been in a serious relationship so this was a big thing and we discussed this and one of the things that i remember was core values And we both had a lot in common there. Yeah. We both really, it was important to us to be good people. Yeah. It was important for us to make a difference. Yeah. It was important for us to 
see that arrow going forward yeah. in life, right? Yeah. We both wanted that. That was important to both of us. So I think that's also an important thing to put in here. Yeah. You have to want that. And you have to be in touch with yourself enough to know what you want. We didn't know much more than that. No. I can tell no. you that right back then. And, you know, I knew I wanted peace. Uh-uh. I knew I wanted understanding. I knew I wanted a good relationship, a happy and healthy relationship. You know, that's what we were both looking for. But we had enough of these core values that really did it's seem like we could work right yeah part of it was also the fact that we were both open and willing for change yes very because important. if we were closed-minded you know listen from when i was a single dad for six years before we got together my mindset was totally different yeah you know and i remember explaining some of the stuff to you yeah. and it was some pretty intense stuff yeah. relationship wise it wouldn't have worked yeah but the thing is i was open yeah. I was open for change. I yes. was willing to change. I was yeah. willing to say, well, maybe my way isn't the best way. Absolutely. You know, I think earlier, something that you and I were saying to each other when we were talking about things that we would talk about um, today on the podcast was that openness and willingness to hear a different perspective, yeah. right? Oh, and man, how important yes. that is because. One thing that really sticks with me and something that I really say a lot to a lot of people I talk to um, is you can't get a different outcome using the same thinking that got you where you are. I say this more times than I can possibly, you know, even remember. I mean, it's really a constant you know, a lot of times people will come to me with the same exact problem in like a different relationship and say, but I just don't know how I keep getting here. And I just have this written on my forehead and I'm like, no, what you have is the same thinking. Yeah. I literally don't hear any change thinking in you. It's always about the other person. Oh, I'm bringing all these bad people to me in my life. Um, well, somehow, if you don't change the thinking, you are going to end yeah. up in another relationship with this same problem. Yeah. You know, at some point, you have to be willing to say, I need to make the changes. Mm-hmm. I need to look yeah. in the mirror and take a good look at myself. Where are the the dysfunctional traits in myself, wow. in oh. my thinking? You mean I have to look at my <laughs> own faults? Oh, no. So this is a good place for us to tie up this podcast because it's going to give you something to really, really think about, right? Um, One of the hardest things, but most important things is the ability to look at yourself truly in the mirror and not be looking around and so wanting to blame everybody else for what you have going on in your life, you know? Um, You know, regulating your nervous system and wanting to get yourself really grounded to me is one of the best gifts you could yeah. gifts you could give yourself. This is how you have the best opportunity to live a happy and healthy yeah. life. Um, finding a partner to want to do that with you is absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. Yeah. You just need two people willing to do that work. And I think if that is something that's important to you, it's it's that's it. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. So if you want to do the work and you want to um, heal and you, you come from a dysfunctional background or you come from even even just something that's just not, not exactly where you want to be, but you want something better for yourself, 
It's possible. Yeah. It's very possible. Just be willing to look at how you got to where you are. Because if you're not willing to look at yourself in the mirror and say, where can I hold myself accountable for the stuff that I've done? And you don't have to be hard on yourself. You don't have to say, oh, I'm so terrible and all this is my fault. You could do it with compassion. You got it for a reason. You could look at your father, doing the father wound next week, (laughs) your mother, your grandparents, their parents. Where do you end the blame train? It can continue and continue and continue and continue. Or you can stop right there. Look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I got here because of a lot of other hurt people. Yeah. Right? So now I can just hug myself right there, hug myself, hold myself, say, it's okay. You have some thinking that's not right. Yeah. You know? Let's be willing to look in the mirror and let's be willing to accept that and change it. I think that's right? awesome. I think that's that's great. And I think that's going to really bring us right into we have the father wound next mm, weekend. Big one. And then the weekend right after that, we'll get into actually doing some of the work. That's self-regulating. Gotcha. Co-regulating. Perfect. And I yeah. think it's really, really important that we, you know, we, we stress upon the fact that what we put out is what we get back. Yeah. And it, it's got to begin with us. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us again for our podcast. We are really enjoying it. Absolutely. And we definitely hope you will join us next week um, for the Father Wound. Yeah. It's Father's Day. We're going to do the Father Wound. Um, Can't wait for that. Yeah. Definitely. Big one. Big one. I'm going to be... Be gonna be chatty that one. <laughs> a little bit we're, chattier than the mother wound. Yeah, we'll try. We'll try and tie it up a little bit quicker because we know the mother wound <laughs> went a little bit long. It's the longest and least listened <laughs> to episode. Um, all right, thank you guys so much for joining us and listening to our story about um, how we learned about the nervous system dysautonomia, regulation of the nervous system, codependency, some of the terms. Yeah. Um, we got into and um, you know next week we'll do the father wound and the week after I think we're going to delve back into this one yeah. and start to go a little bit deeper into how Tim and I have learned um, how to regulate you know yeah. our nervous system uh, appeasing ourselves and um, and co-regulation yeah and all of that um, you know some heavy duty work there those you know it, it's very hard when these topics are so deep and so intense and, you know, they can take, you know, an hour just to be mm-hmm. able to talk about one small aspect. Yeah. That's why we like kind of bouncing around a little bit and then going back to a topic. And we're definitely looking forward to actually doing the work because that was one thing that we, you know, we we took a lot of pride in. We took a lot of energy and effort and yeah. putting into it because it's like doing the hard work of recognizing and looking at yourself in the mirror. Then that very next step being hard work is actually putting it into yes. effect. Yes, yeah. So everything is a process. It's all a process, a process of healing. Um, And uh, we'll see you next week. Enjoy your week. Thank you for joining us. And Jen and I look forward to sharing our healing journey with you.